welcome to the German Genealogy Girls podcast. I am your host, Ursula Krause from Berlin, Germany. Join me as I dive into German genealogy. You will receive first-hand information on the best resources and techniques, German history, and all you need to know when it comes to German research. And now, let's get started. Welcome to the third episode of the German Genealogy Girls podcast. In this episode, we will talk about two interesting topics. The first one is the Verein für Computer Genealogies, the Society for Computer Genealogy, and their fantastic website you just need to know when doing research in Germany. And we will also talk about Germans and DNA, and especially DNA testing. And I know many of you have a lot of questions and things they're wondering about, so I hope we will be able to give you a little further information to make things clearer for you. And who would be better to talk about that and to answer all my questions than Timo Kracke from the Verein für Computer Genealogie. And he's also involved in an exciting new DNA project, which some of you might have heard about. And he's going to give us a little bit more insights. Welcome, Timo. Hi, Ursula. Thank you for having me. It's an honor for me to be the first male guest on your show. <laughs> yeah, it only took three episodes, did it? <laughs> <laughs> It's absolutely fine. <laughs> well, um, maybe some some of my listeners won't know who you are, so maybe you just want to introduce yourself. And uh, we're also very curious about your ancestors, so maybe you want to talk a little bit about them as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, my name is Timo Kracke, as you introduced me, and um, I'm a hobby genealogist, and I'm, yeah, the hobby is for about 19 years now. I started, as many of us, with my own family, the family of my, my wife, um, became members of different societies here in Germany, Uh, and today I'm, I'm working for two societies as a board member for the Verein für Computer Genealogie, CompGen, uh, and also for the Oldenburgische Gesellschaft für Familienkunde, which is a more regional society here in northern Germany. Uh, I'm also a host of a genealogy podcast here in Germany called Der Genealoge, And I'm the founder of a kids genealogy project, uh, which I started together with a friend of mine, um, Freya Rosan, uh, where we try to introduce uh, the topic family history to kids and uh, guide people to this topic. So uh, my own ancestors uh, are spread over Europe. So I, I started with, with my own Kracke family. They... Uh, came from the area where I live now. It's between uh, Bremen and Oldenburg in Germany. It's a small village called Habstedt, where my Kracke ancestors came from. Uh, my maternal line ancestors came from uh, Baden-Württemberg, where my grandfather came from. And um, yeah, the, the story of my grandfather and my grandmother, it's... Yeah, my absolute favorite story, what I love uh, to tell people. So um, they met each other during World War II 
in the Netherlands, where my grandfather uh, was as a soldier, uh, and he met my grandmother over there. Uh, they met several times, fell in love with each other, and married in the uh, German Standesamt in uh, Den Haag uh, during World War II. And it's an oh, wow. uh, absolute nice story to to see um, what's happening in time. It's wartime, um, different families, different uh, people. The soldier from Germany came to the Netherlands, met that girl, fell in love. They married in the Netherlands and then came back with her to Germany. Yeah, that really is an a nice story. lovely story. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and, and the rest of my family is spread over, over uh, Europe. I have uh, ancestors from uh, Czech and also from uh, Upper Silesia. Yeah, it's it's rather typical for many Germans that that their ancestors are so spread all over Europe, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. So uh, to the most people I talk to, you have either the people. Uh, that say, okay, all my ancestors came from this particular village. Or you have the people that say, okay, I have one or two generations in this village. And before that, they, they come from Silesia, the Czech Republic, or, or something like that. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's typical. Yeah. And I think people also underestimate that there was a lot of moving around um, even some hundred years ago uh, with the colonists moving east, for example, into the Neumark and, and Pomerania and West Prussia, East Prussia. So there's a lot of mixture there already. I mean, they came from all over Europe. So um, I wouldn't really know how to define German Yeah, I, I think it's hard. So when, when you really try to, to track that down, what is really German, the, the main German DNA, <laughs> uh, yeah. it's, it's really hard to, to uh, define that and say, okay, there you have to, to split it. So when you see the borders to France, the, the borders to uh, Austria, or the, the borders to today's Poland, uh, it's it's. Um, moving all the time and we have many people coming to Germany mixing with with the German blood uh, to say it so and uh, yeah it's it's really hard to say that's uh, the main Germans yeah yeah and not to forget the many soldiers that came from Europe during the 30-year war um, in 1618 to 1648. They say there were a lot of Scandinavian soldiers and, and Scots. Um, so we might even find that in our DNA. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's hard. Or if, if you see uh, the, the region to Denmark, exactly as uh, Danish people or as German people. So they are more the Schleswig-Holstein people. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I think they have a, a very different identity. Uh, they, so they, they don't really see themselves as, as Germans. But I'm mixed. I mean, I have a Swiss great-great-grandmother. Uh, I have ancestors from Bohemia. I have ancestors um, from the Netherlands and Flandern. 
And I wouldn't be surprised if I would have some Scandinavian DNA as well. So uh, I feel very European. And I think it's good. (laughs) (laughs) I like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay, but um, what I wanted to talk to you is um, about Germans and genealogy. Now, um, most of our listeners um, are in overseas, so they're not in Germany, and um, aren't really aware of that genealogy is not at all as popular in Germany as it is in typical immigrant countries. Um, And that makes it a bit exotic, so to say. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, when when I say when people ask me, um, what do you do for a living? And I say, oh, I'm a genealogist. They say, what? <laughs> and then I explain what I do. And then they say, can you make a living from that? <laughs> and I say, yes, obviously I can, because I'm standing here in front of you and I'm alive. So there is enough food on the table. So, um but it's, I, I think it's very few Germans really are interested in their ancestors. Uh, I'm, I'm not I'm sure, sure if it's uh, really um, low uh, amount of people are interested. It's more um, how we are introduced to this um, topic. So um, when I compare it to uh, to America, for example, and I see uh, uh, people in in America uh, celebrating Oktoberfest or <laughs> the typical <laughs> German yeah. things, what they yeah. what they do, and they celebrate it, and they celebrate all these anniversaries or, or what else it is, um, um, much much more than we do. So I, yeah. I think we are. We, we have a bit more distance to all these things and say, okay, it's, it's okay. We know that we know the history and we know how they all, uh, become to this, uh, uh, family history or, or all these, these things, what we celebrate. Uh, but when you see the people in the U S they, they, they are more, more, more in depth of, of these topics. So it's, uh, different. And I think, I personally think it, uh, is because of our own history. So I, I think when you are a German and we all know about uh, the times of uh, World War II and, and the surrounding times when uh, the typical uh, uh, Ahnenpass was uh, popular in Germany to write down all your ancestors, it, uh, it became a bit of a uh, sad image. Or yeah, that yeah. sad image, and yeah. yeah, yeah, genealogy was so misused to simply sort people, so to say. Um, and I think that we have become more careful of, of thinking that way. Um, and I also think that we have changed. Um, I remember from, from all, all the papers I received from my ancestors. And all of them were, were working for the government, so they had to prove that they weren't Jewish during the Third Reich. Uh-huh. So thankfully, I had a lot of a uh, lot of information to start with. Um, but I always, um, I was always under the impression that they only look for fathers. You know, it's it's father and maybe his uh-huh. wife, but it only goes up, and they had to go back four generations, and that was it. And nobody was really interested in the families. 
Um, and now this really has changed. So, so now we're, we're talking more and more about family research. It's not about ancestry. It's really about finding out the family, the circumstances, the family standing, and much more focused on, on who we are. And now even the younger generations are coming because um, they don't know they they are the, the generation who is allowed to ask questions as well. I, I think you are absolutely right. So when 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 you see our parents, they they had a bit bit more distance. They they know they are parents uh, were soldiers in in the war. They they learned from from this history. They learned not to talk about these topics and not to be as interested in your own ancestry. Um, just that the other people don't think, okay, what, what he's doing, why, why he's interested or she interested in that topic. And uh, today it's, it's completely different. So uh, I, I think it's becoming more and more popular. So when, when you see what's, what's uh, happening in Germany, how many uh, newspapers or magazines um, publish articles about uh, ancestry or family history it's um yeah it's it's coming more and more popular here as well yeah and and whoever you talk to whoever at the archives or at the church parishes or so everybody's talking about there are more and more requests everybody says so um and especially with with the grandchildren of war meaning those whose whose grandparents were um active in world war ii um they are more and more interested so also the federal archive that holds all the records from the third reich is flooded by requests and i remember when like five years ago you just sent a request and it took two weeks and then you had everything it had the answer and now it can take up to two months so it's, it's incredible how how long it takes now mm. but it's good yeah, i mean so i yeah yeah and I mean, more and Absolutely. more, more, so when, more when you, uh, online as well. So that's enormous. I mean, who would have thought that 10 years ago? Yeah, it's, it's a good situation to, uh, to start your own research when you say, okay, there's a lot online to uh, get the people hooked and say, okay, there's something online. I find the first things and say, okay, it's, I'm, I'm getting interested. So I get my first uh, connection. I got the first generation back to get the first information. Uh, and then say, okay, it's, it's so interesting for me. I really enjoy the research uh, itself. And I'm now interested to, uh, to take a trip to the archive or something like that. Yeah. When I started my classes in genealogy, uh, that was like five or six years ago. We were like six or seven people in my class. It's always a one-week class. Um, and now we're 15, and there were four on the waiting list. So it doesn't sound a lot, but wow. for, for Germany, that's pretty much. And it's just growing. And I, I gave two courses. So the other one is Grandchildren of War. So that was always 15. From the very first day, that was 15 and a long waiting list. So there's mm -hmm. there's really big interest right. in that, especially third third Reich research. But people even want to go back because very often, because their their um, grandparents or parents were refugees, they kind of cut off the roots, 
um, and they want to know where did we come from, where did my great-grandparents live, and, and how did they live, what kind of life did they live. Um, and of course, that has a lot to do with finding your own identity as well. Timo, you mentioned in the beginning that you are a member of the Verein für Computergenealogie, the Society of Computer Genealogy. And uh, that's what I want to get talk a little bit more about. You have a fantastic website. Um, I use it daily. When teaching, I always put down a lot of time going through all the things you offer. And uh, my students love it. It's certainly worth taking a deeper look into it. Yeah, ni nice to, to hear yeah, that you really enjoy our website. So um, the website itself, it's called genealogy.net. So I think many people already stumbled over our website. You can't and miss it. what we... Uh, <laughs> so what, what we, the Verein für Computergenealogie, uh, do is we host this website. So we host the website, we host uh, the databases, what we offer completely for free. So um, we have the, the main focus is on open access. So everything what we do and what we have in our databases is completely free for everyone. Um But the content, what we have on our website, is not completely done by ourselves. So we are the host and every society or every private person, every private researcher uh, is invited to join our community and uh, participate from the knowledge what we have in our databases and also invited to contribute their own knowledge, family trees, or, or what else he, he could contribute to our databases. So we have many different options to, to use our website. So uh, one, one example is uh, the database uh, GetBus. So for our listeners, that's G-E-D-B-A-S, but you will find all that information on our show notes as well. Okay, I think that's better uh, than spelling it every time. <laughs> so when when you have the um, database JetBass, it's something like uh, the family trees of our members or, or the persons who like to, to publish on our website. So you have the possibility to upload a JetCom file to our website and publish your research to, to everyone who's researching the website. And also, on the other hand, you have the possibility to research in all of these entries. So you could search uh, for surname, for name, uh, for places, and, and see what kind of entries we have in these databases. And beneath all entries, you have the possibility to contact the owner of the data to say, okay, maybe I have something in addition. Uh, I found you, you're my cousin, <laughs> or, or something <laughs> like that. You, you have every time you have the possibility to get in contact uh, with the persons who contributed the information to, to our website. So it's like an ancestry, so, only yeah. that it's free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you could compare it to, to uh, some of the other bigger websites who offer uh, online trees. Uh, that's something like that. So, uh, but you have your, your personal tree. So you, on our website, you don't have the 
opportunity to uh, connect uh, different trees to one big tree. You always have your own family tree, what you could uh, upload. And for sure, you could also delete it uh, by time when you say, okay, I'm, I'm not longer willing to, to have this uh, data accessible on the internet. You, for sure, you could also delete the data. Yeah. Um, I know what, what you also host, and that's, uh, that's something very important, and that is mailing lists. And I know that for many of our listeners, um, it's, it's a uh, very important to have, uh, or th that they are uh, looking for somebody to answer their questions so they could connect to groups or how would they do that? Yeah, the, the typical mailing list is uh, like all the mailing lists, what we know from, from other websites. Um, uh, we have mailing lists for different regions. We have a mailing list for different societies that have our uh, certain mailing lists. Um, and you have the possibility to join these mailing lists. So when you become a member of a free mailing list on our website, for example, uh, for the Farm Nord, which is a mailing list uh, especially for families in the northern region uh, of Germany, Uh, then you could join the conversation. So you could send an email to the mailing list and all participants of the mailing list uh, receive your email and uh, could read the topic that you are interested in or the question what you have to, uh, to the other users of the mailing list. And But in general, it's absolutely okay to join a mailing list and write in English. So you don't have to speak. German yeah. to, to write in this that's, mailing list, it's it's okay to reach out to them. Yeah, English. that's my experience as well. I think I'm a member of four mailing lists and, and it's always, all of them are bilingual and um, also English requests are answered. Um, so that's not a problem. So I know that a lot of people are a bit scared to reach out and th think that they, that because they don't speak German. Um, but that really just don't, don't hesitate to get in touch. Just register for that list. And the people are very nice and friendly and welcoming and, um, really are happy to answer your requests. And Timo, I think it is time for your methodology tip uh, because you are talking about more information that genealogical societies provide. So I think we're just going to go with your tip and then we're going to do uh, talk a little bit more about the Society for Computer Genealogy. for a methodology minute, a chance to understand the how-tos of German genealogical research. And now sit right back and we will take you through the process step by step. Local Genealogy Society's superpower. My absolute number one tip for research in Germany or the former German areas is use the power of the local societies. There are local genealogy societies all over Germany with large libraries, deep knowledge of the local conditions, available sources and great people who love to guide you through your research. 
What could I find? It really depends. There are societies like Compgen, the Verein für Computer Genealogie, who follow the principles of open access and offers large databases of family trees, Ortsfamilienbücher, local heritage books, headstones, historic city directories and many more completely free of charge. Other societies only give a certain amount of information for free. There are information like databases, search guides, complete books, structured place information and many more. Do I have to be a member? You don't necessarily have to be a member to use many of the benefits the societies offer. Several societies do have information like indexes on their websites which can be accessed for free. That will give you an idea what is available, where to search or whom to contact. What benefit will I have from being a member of a society? By becoming a member of a genealogy society in Germany, you will have access to their library, receive their publications and, if available, will become a member of their forum or mailing list. The local libraries are full of guides, books and family histories. The members of these societies have enormous knowledge of the research area, places, archives or people you should talk to. A key question might be, do I have to speak German? Speaking German is nice and helps a lot, but there are many Germans who speak English and love to help you out. You need to consider that it may be as interesting for Germans to discover emigrant relatives as it is for you to discover the family of your ancestors. Watch out for forums, message boards or mailing lists that states bilingual. But where to find these societies? Many of the genealogical societies are organized in the Umbrella Society DAGV. Deutsche Arbeitsgemeinschaft Genealogischer Verbände and can be found on the website www.dagv.org on the page Mitgliedsvereine. Also, GenWiki holds an overview of all known societies, also non-DAGV members, with links to a wiki page and the societies or groups website at vereine.genealogy.net. our methodology minute on German genealogical research. You can also read about it on my website germangenealogygirl.com Thank you, Timo. That really was interesting. And uh, I want to encourage all of my listeners to really get in touch. There's so much information out there that you might not know about. So just Get in touch with the genealogical societies and you will be astonished of how much information they have for you and how helpful that will be in your German research. Now, you might ask yourself, how can I find these societies? Well, it's pretty easy. Partly they are listed on the website of the Verein für Computer Genealogie, but you can also Google them, actually, and... Um, I know a lot of you now say, yeah, but I don't know which words to Google and then I don't speak German, so help. So uh, help is on its way. So we will learn German today and we will learn all the words you will need to Google to find the genealogical societies. <laughs> 
with the German genealogy girl. Here's an important German word you will need to know when doing research. And for the very brave of you, I even included a little piece of German grammar. Enjoy! I would like to present several words connected to genealogical societies. You might also need them to search the internet, to locate societies to help you with your research, or to find information on archive websites. In German, we have the word genealogie for genealogy, which is spelled the same way only with an IE instead of a Y at the end. But in fact, a lot of people not doing genealogy don't know what genealogy actually means. Instead, Germans more often use the word Familienforschung, family research. Also, you will find the word Ahnenforschung, ancestor research. With genealogy changing from simply following the lineage to finding out more about siblings and family social standings and so on, the word Familienforschung, family research, is much more appropriate and is used more often. Let me spell the word Familienforschung for you. F-A-M-I-L-I-E-N-F-O-R-S-C-H-U NG Familienforschung Familie means family and Forschung means research. In German there are three different words for society. There is Verein and Vereinigung and Gesellschaft. Let me spell Verein for you. V E R E I N Verein. So, if you're looking for a genealogical society in Brandenburg, your search words are Genealogie, Verein, and Brandenburg. And then you will find the Brandenburgische Genealogische Gesellschaft Roter Adler. Sometimes there are historical societies as well who take care of the genealogical research in a certain area. They are often called Heimatverein. Heimat, that's the German word for home or hometown or home country. Heimat is spelled H-E-I-M-A-T. Heimat. If your ancestors came from the county of Zadzig in Pomerania, which today is Poland, you should search for Verein, Heimat and Zadzig. And you will find the Heimatkreis Zadzig with loads of information. I'll spare you the grammar for this once, but only this once. And now you know which words to use when searching for a German genealogical society. This was an important German word you will need to know when doing research. 
You can also read about it on my website, germangenealogygirl.com. So if you want to read the methodology tip or the German words, you can do all that on my website, germangenealogygirl.com, and you will find it there as a separate blog post. Let's go back to the Verein für Computergenealogies website. What I usually look at is information on towns. Uh, I look at the old professions, the um, online heritage books, Uh, in my classes, I always do the um, the diseases page with the old historical diseases, which is the highlight of the course <laughs> because there are so incredibly <laughs> funny names for these old diseases. Um, but I find them very important to have because sometimes you can't read them. Uh, they're very hard to read. And because they are so funny names, um, it's good to have um, to have a database where you can look up all these names and just kind of that you can figure out what uh, the record says. So what you also want to take a look at, which I find interesting, is the online heritage books, um, which have like exploded. I mean, it's incredible what all the, the information that has been added in, in the last years um, since so many records are online. So it seems to me as soon as something goes online, somebody sits down and writes this online heritage book. And then within a few months, it's online. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's incredible uh, what, uh, how many information we have on these uh, local heritage books. So in, in German, we call it Ortsfamilienbücher. And it's, yeah, it's, it's someone writes down all the information what you have from one place, from the church books and secondary uh, sources, and builds a whole family history of that certain place. And it's uh, incredible. When you find a family or, or one of your ancestors came from one of these cities where we have these uh, local heritage books, it's, uh, it's an absolute jackpot. Yeah, I really made a lot of great findings in the online heritage books already. But uh, there's so much more we could talk about on this website. It holds so much information, so much that we can't possibly talk about everything in this show. But um, if you go on that site and you look at the menu on the top, you will find lots more to take a deeper look into. For example, there is the GOV, which you need to find out more about a town. There are the directories and uh, that even are indexed by many volunteers. And the meta search function, which not only allows you to get results from that very page, but even from other databases that are connected to this website. So that's definitely worth taking a closer look into. For those of you attending the International Germanic Genealogy Conference in July in Minneapolis, you will have a chance to listen to Timo in person, live, and uh, he will be presenting this website. So uh, it might be easier just to take a look at it instead of just listening. Um, and there's also one presentation where he will talk about the GOV. So don't miss that one. 
I will give a presentation on how to find your ancestors in German directories, and I will also be speaking about the directories on the web on this very website. And um, not all of you will be able to attend, but I will also give a webinar on this topic um, through the Legacy Family Tree webinars on August 16, and it's for free in the first week. So um, you might want to listen to that one. And um, on my website, German Genealogy Girl, I also present different links from that website. So if you subscribe to that page, you won't miss a single link. So that was that for the website of the Verein für Computer Genealogie. So don't forget about it. Read about it on my website, germangenealogygirl.com and uh, visit it and just click and see all the information it gives to you. And now we're going to take a break. And after the break, we're going to be talking about Germans and privacy and privacy law and Germans and DNA testing. So stay tuned. <laughs> to the second part of our show. We will now talk about Germans and privacy law. Germans are very picky with the, their privacy and uh, many of you will have noticed that there is a very strict privacy law in Germany. Some of you might even have tried to get some records and didn't get them because of this privacy law. And you should know that um, Germans are very fond of privacy law and uh, it's even in our constitution. We have a constitutional right to determine which information we want to leave and which not. There is a rather limited amount on information that the German government is allowed to record and uh, Germans don't want to give more information than they really absolutely have to give. Um, they don't, for example, like to give out their phone number. And you can imagine that for somebody who doesn't even want to give his phone number, leaving his DNA is something that is absolutely unthinkable. Germans are very concerned about data protection, data safety. Now, Germans might consider their data safe in servers that are located in Germany or maybe even located in the European Union. But when it comes to data protection, data safety uh, in servers overseas, they're very critical. And uh, leaving something like DNA so totally out of control, that's something that they're really afraid of. And that, of course, makes it very complicated and very hard to get enough uh, DNA samples uh, from Germans. Many of you have asked me if DNA testing is forbidden in Germany, and um, the answer isn't really that easy. So I would say yes, kind of, but no, not really. Of course, DNA testing is also done in Germany, but then usually it's a legal procedure 
done, for example, for an acknowledgement of uh, paternity. So it's used in front of a court. Also, it always has to be done by a doctor. So you can't just do it, just go to the pharmacy and, and buy a kit and then just send it, to, um, send it in and, and then you have the results. That's not possible. Also, the person that is tested always has to give consent. So without consent, no testing. So if you want to test a person that doesn't, isn't really able to understand what this is all about and the legal consequences of it, or a child, you always need to have consent by the legal guardian as well. So it's not that easy. But now, of course, we have only been talking about the official way of taking a DNA test. But it is not forbidden for me as a German to take a DNA test from America, for example. I can have somebody send one um, and I can do it and send it back to America and have it tested there. So that is not forbidden or anyway punished or so. So what we can say is that doing it the, let's say, American way with just buying a DNA kit, kit and sending it in and have your data uh, in a database, that is not allowed in Germany. But of course, Germans are allowed to do DNA testing. But I'm under the impression that German genealogists don't really talk about DNA that much. There doesn't really seem to be a need for it. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. So I think when you, when you see the uh, conferences, what we have here in Germany, so there are a few bigger conferences and a couple of smaller conferences or, or gatherings, uh, and you talk to people about DNA, genealogy DNA, um, most people say, okay, DNA what? So why should I do that? So how could it help me uh, with my, my own family history? So I, I don't see uh, the efforts in, in it to do an own test. And uh, when you be uh, honest to yourself and, and see, okay, you, you're a German and you take a DNA test and you get your results back and it says, okay, your ancestors came from Europe. You say, hey, hooray, who expected <laughs> that? And say, okay, it's, it's not that, <laughs> that big thing. And you say, okay, we, we have, uh, yeah, why should I do that? And that's why many Germans have a bit more distance yeah. to it. So I don't, don't say, that we are not aware about the topic. So you, um, for for example, the Fine for Computer Genealogy also have uh, several articles years ago in, in our magazines uh, about DNA genealogy, um, but it's it's still not uh, uh, not that big as it is in, yeah. in the US. I think so a lot of Germans... Many people are aware of DNA. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just think that um, a lot of Germans are uh, are um, afraid because to lose this this privacy they have because I mean it doesn't tell more about yourself than giving away your DNA, and I think they're very concerned um, that it is stolen or misused, um, and also that that people start kind of thinking in these kind of categories. 
DNA testing started. And I thought that, oh, geez, this is something the Nazis did with Jews. I found that. So this categorizing people, um, uh, I, I think that's not really what, what Germans want to see. I, I think you're right. So there, there's uh, several different aspects why people say they, they don't want to do a DNA test. So it's, it's a concern uh, that they say, okay, I'm, I'm not sure what these companies do with my DNA. So maybe today there, there's no market for DNA samples. So who may be interested in it for it in, in, in some years? But maybe there is in some years. So we need now, um, yeah, the, uh, the rules for it to say, okay, when I now give you my DNA test for, uh, uh, for my family history, I need to ensure that it is only used for that. And um, yeah, the, the Germans have <laughs> a, a big distance to all these things yeah. and want to have it cleared. And when everything's cleared and we talk again about it after everything is already cleared, then maybe yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it, t it takes a bit to convince us to try something new. I guess it's a little bit about that. It's not only about privacy. <laughs> But you now, the, the, the yeah, right. Verein für Computergenealogie now started a project together with Living DNA. And I know that you're part of this project. I mean, you're not taking part because you don't qualify um, but you are taking part as a project manager so uh, please tell us more uh, yes exactly so um, CompGen and Living DNA started this uh, really interesting project so I, I told you a couple of minutes ago that uh, when you as a German take these tests and get the result back and learn that your ancestors are Europeans, it's not that impressive. And what uh, Living DNA does with this project is pretty impressive. So they've, they've already done this project in the UK and they are currently running a similar project in Ireland and we are now starting this project for Germany uh, to narrow down uh, these areas in Germany. So uh, when you go to the project website, you see a map of uh, today's Germany. And this map is split down to smaller areas. And what we are trying to do with this project is uh, find people from these areas And not only people from these areas, they are grandparents need to have uh, lived in a radius of 50 miles, 80 kilometers, um, from, from, from each other. So we need people that have this certain DNA from this particular area. And now we want to have as many as possible people to get tested from these Uh, certain areas and with the results of these many DNA tests with this uh, certain criteria uh, for, for the DNA testing, uh, we will be able to uh, interpret your DNA result and tell you, okay, when you do a test, we find out that you're 50% Bavarian and 20% uh, from northern Germany and, uh, for example, 30% from Silesia. So 
that's the main target of the project, to uh, narrow down Germany in much smaller regions and uh, classify DNA samples to say, okay, when you have this certain part of the DNA in your own DNA, we could tell you that your ancestors came from this certain area in Germany. But that means that there there will have to be a lot of people participating to really have some workable results, so to say. Yes, absolutely. So we 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 are currently, or we, we just started this project, and uh, we are currently working on convincing people and introducing the project and tell them why is it important or why is it a good idea to participate at this uh, project, uh, participate with your own DNA. And we really, really need many people to participate uh, How many in this project. Need? So today we, we can't uh, give you an exact number. Uh, so it's, it's not an exact number what we need today. So we just kicked off the project and we say, okay, it, it depends... Uh, from the regions from where the people participate. So, for example, when we, when we have 500 participants from Niedersachsen, for example, uh, it's great for Niedersachsen, but it is sad for Bavaria. <laughs> so that means, uh, okay, we, we need more people spread over all over Germany. And uh, all these people need to match uh, the criteria uh, to be able to participate in this project. So, yeah, we, we don't fix a certain amount of people, but it uh, needs to be many yeah. hundreds. But I think that uh, um, I'm a member of the Facebook group and I'm under the impression that a lot of people simply don't qualify because their grandparents or they haven't lived in a certain place for, for two to three generations. So, so it simply is a problem finding people not only those who are willing to give their their dna but also who simply qualify yes absolutely so uh, we, we talked about the border changes uh, the flus of the families and all these things it makes it really hard and uh, we we discussed it many times before we started the project uh, what should be the right criterias and um, yeah it's it's uh, Yeah, we, we set up in <laughs> certain criteria to get the peoples because we want to have great results. So when maybe when the project moves on, we could more widen it open. Uh, but today we, we have this pretty strong criteria to uh, get really fast, good results to uh, give you an exact feedback on the DNA, what you have to this. Yeah. Uh, How long area. do you think it will take until you have a result or that you have something that you can go out with some kind of result? Mm, I'm, I'm not completely sure when we have the, the first really results. So it, it really depends on how many people take part from which areas they take part. Uh, but, I, but I think uh, we need at least one, one year to get uh, uh, the first really uh, more detailed results uh, in comparison to today, what we have today. Um, but, but the good thing is when you now join the project and see today's status or the today's result of your DNA, uh, DNA 
you will have a, a lifetime membership of Living DNA. And uh, when you get back in one year and you see all the results, what uh, all the other participants uh, shared with the project, you will see it in your own results too. So uh, you see the involvement of uh, the project in your own results. So, yeah, but uh, today I don't think that we could uh, see a, a complete concrete timeline because it really depends on, on the person. Yeah, so we need attending. to be patient still. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but at least I'm we could uh, yeah, we're just we're patient, yeah. <laughs> but but I know that there are a lot of people overseas <laughs> very impatient and waiting. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, at least something is happening. I mean, there was so there was wasn't anything happening really for years. So I think that for for those of you who are interested in, in, in DNA testing, this really is a big step. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we have a uh, really high amount of people getting back to us to us with uh, great feedback and saying, okay, we are so thankfully that uh, Compgain joins this project with uh, Living DNA. We have a European partner. And uh, yeah, we are pretty excited that you are doing that and Now I'm, I'm willing to do my own test and I, I've waited a long time uh, for, for a partner for that kind of project and now you are here, so I'm, I'm happy yeah, to join. That's my impression as well, that, that people are, are more beginning to talk about it simply um, and also that they feel, yeah, maybe you could say safer because it's a European company. Yeah. They feel yeah, more yeah. That's so. That's that. definitely uh, for Germans. That's definitely a step in the right direction. So we will follow this project, and um, as we said before, you will need to be patient. And in German, we say "Gut Ding braucht Weil." Good things take time. So uh, we'll just wait. So it seems as we're coming to an end to this show, and uh, teammate was such a great pleasure to have you here. I'm really looking forward to meeting you in Minneapolis in July. Um, actually, we only have met once, I believe, and that was uh, in Gotha. And we shook hands and I couldn't wash my hands for about a week because I was so honored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once, I, I think it was in Gotha, a, a German conference, right? Yeah. So thanks again for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was uh, absolutely pleasure to be your guest. So this was the third episode of the German Genealogy Girls podcast, and I really hope you learned a lot. I hope we answered a lot of your questions, especially regarding DNA testing. Please don't forget to visit our website, germangenealogygirl.com, and read the show notes. That includes all the links. Please use the links, click on the links, and discover the many wonderful German sources. Uh, and don't be afraid to get in touch with other Germans or German genealogical societies. We're nice. So please just go ahead if you feel like doing it. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our website and uh, that way you won't miss anything interesting I post, especially the links of the week that will give you a lot of interesting information. You can also visit us on our Facebook page, German Genealogy Girl. Our next episode will be very different from the first three episodes because it's going to be wild and crazy. Well, I mean, at least as wild and crazy as Germans can get. 
I'm going to be by myself, and I'm going to be talking about Berlin, because Berlin is wild and crazy, and we're going to be talking about the history of Berlin, so that you really understand uh, the basics before you start doing research. But it might even be interesting for those of you who have been to Berlin or who want to come to Berlin. So it's Berlin, Berlin, Berlin. And uh, I'm going to see you in a month. Thank you and auf Wiederhören, your German genealogy girl. That wraps it up for this episode of the German Genealogy Girls podcast. Thank you for joining me exploring the hidden gems of German genealogy. Remember to visit my website at germangenealogygirl.com and learn even more about German genealogy. Until we meet again and auf Wiederhören.